This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, baby. It's hour five of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We're going to be on the Cowboys coming up at 620. Little Cowboys news of the evening. Mavs are off one more night. They return to action tomorrow at home against the Phoenix Suns, 630 on TNT. Joining us now, Nick Engstadt, locked on Mavs here on 105.3 The Fan. And a good evening, sir. How the heck are you? Doing well. Coming off of the All-Star weekend. And, uh, yeah, ready for the rest of the season to get started. Now, were you there, Nick? I was. What'd you think? It was cold, guys. It was very (laughs) cold. It was like... 12 degrees one day. There were ice sculptures all over the place. There was like a nine-foot Larry Bird that was outside one of the venues. And uh, I think it was getting stronger as the weekend went. I don't think that it was melting at all uh, throughout the weekend. But Indiana did a great job. It, it, you know, it, was, it was fun. There's not a ton to do in Indianapolis, but I thought it was, it was a fun weekend. What was the reaction inside the building uh, to the dunk fest and, and, and the lack of effort? Was it as big a deal as it has resonated over uh, national media since then? The funniest part about the dunk contest was was the reaction because it they had it in Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play. So it was, it's this huge venue where they tried to cut off half of it. Like it seats 70,000, so I think like twice as big as the AAC. And they tried to cut off half of it, and they're trying to capture the audio of all the crowd, and like it was just too big to capture. But the the reaction from the crowd during the dunk contest was more about the booze from, for Jalen Brown's scores so like Jalen Brown was they were cooking the books for him a little bit because they finally got an all-star to join the slam dunk contest and so he was getting some some scores that I think were a little fraudulent and so they you know they were getting really upset about that and then Jalen Brown does that dunk where they turn the court into the Celtics court and that was maybe the loudest I heard the crowd all weekend because they were so upset that they brought in the Celtics court and put it on there. Like you imagine if they did that in Dallas and all of a sudden it was the Rockets court or the Spurs court, we'd be like, what are you doing? Stop. Don't do this. Yeah. That that's a jam up right there. Uh, Okay. So I've been meaning to, to, to get your thoughts on this, man. I, I, I saw the Mavs were listed as one handicappers favorite bet to win it all right now because they're sitting at 13 to one odds. And he says, this is such great value for how well they are playing. Nick, when it comes to thinking about the Mavs, do you put them in a championship context right now? If you look at the West, you can just look across and go, all right, who are you really scared of? Right. And if you put Luca and Kyrie in a series, anything can really happen against that team. The one team that I look at in the West and say, oh, I don't think they have a shot is the Denver Nuggets. And my colleague, Adam Marez from Lockdown Nuggets, Lockdown NBA, and then on DNVR as well, was doing a show. And he said, man, if the Mavs and Nuggets square up in a playoff game, I would give the Mavs 45% chance to win. And he knows the Nuggets better than anybody. Like they just really specifically struggle with the type of offense that the Mavs run. 
And so if they're kind of worried about it, then, you know, the Clippers, they have James Harden. I'm not sure that I'd be worried about, about that type of team, even though they're playing really well. The Thunder and the, the Timberwolves are both young, and the Mavs play the Thunder pretty well, and they've played the Timberwolves well this season. Like, they kind of match up pretty well against a lot of these teams, and they just added some size. And so I'm not like – I don't know that I would pick them as a favorite, but if you're one of those people that tries to bet some of those long-shot odds, like, I don't know, you got Luka Doncic. What else could happen? How about this impact Gafford's having as well? Did, did you expect it to be this much? I, th- I think I expected him to fill in really well. Luca takes centers like that. I mean, look at Li- look at what Lively has done. Look at look at Dwight Powell's about to hit top five in Mavs history in games played. Like he, he takes centers and just makes them <laughs> something that I think that, that are a little bit better than, than what they are. And so I knew he was going to fit in really well, and I knew he would be an easier fit than PJ Washington. But his rebounding, talking about Gafford, Gafford's rebounding is a big change, and it's it. I think he's a little bit better than Lively in that sense because he just pushes guys around. He's you know five years older and bigger and stronger in that, in that sense. And so his rebounding has been a big deal for the Mavericks. We, we haven't had a center like that in Dallas in a while. Like I, I've been telling some of my listeners on Locked on Mavs, think about the last time the Mavs had a two-center a two punch like this, like a one-two punch. It was probably 2011 yes. with Haywood and Tyson Chandler. Like that's probably the last time the Mavs have had two centers like this. Do you think it's enough that it gives them a, a, a chance of going up against the teams with the best centers in the game? It's not, I mean, it's not going to be enough against Jokic, but what is, you know, you got to game plan your whole, your whole team around him. After that, you start looking, especially in the West, who are the other centers you're even talking about? Just like, Minnesota. From, from top to bottom, it's Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. All right. Luca just obliterates him anytime he plays him. Uh, Chet Holmgren. Okay. <laughs> not, not really concerned about him necessarily. Uh, Zubats, Luca obliterates him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Jokic. Uh, Nurkic, Luca destroys him too. It's like all these centers across the board, they have a really hard time guarding Luca. And so you have to guard the Mavericks too, if you're going to say that. And so I, I don't think you're looking at any centers across the West right now, except for maybe Sabonis. Sabonis is the one that if you're in a, a playoff series against him, that you're like, ah, I'm not really certain about that. But then who's guarding Luca? Who's guarding Kyrie? You know, how are they guarding you? That, that's sort of the question you have to answer against these Mavs. Nick Angstat, Locked On Mavs, uh, with us here in the G-Bag Nation. Uh, we, we know the offense is just always going to be there. As long as this team is healthy, the offense is not going to be an issue. What do you think is the ceiling for this team defensively? It's changed definitely now. I mean, P.J. Washington's defense has been a revelation for them as well. I mean, he steps up and he's been guarding the best players and he's really versatile and has prided himself on that end and definitely has been better than what Grant Williams brought the team or, you know, what Reggie Bullock was at the end of his time. And so the Mavericks have a a legit, you know, wing guy that can defend three, four, sometimes five, you know, sometimes guards as well. And so I think that's big. Having the two centers though, I think is just massive. And I'm curious how that's going to look in a playoff series. How much can you play Gafford? He's only played five playoff games ever for the Wizards. Lively's never played a playoff game. How will they look in those certain contexts? But now that you have two of them, like, if one can't play, odds are the other one is going to be able to play, and they'll step up in that sense. So I think their defense their defense has also always been predicated on effort. Can this team put together a good defensive game? Yes, kind of whenever they want to. Not that they're a really good defensive personnel team or anything like that, but if they put in the effort, they can look like a really good defensive team, and they can come out and take care of business, and then their offense carries them over the, the finish line, right? And so in the playoffs, that effort is just going to be there all the time, which is what we saw two years ago when the team was – a much better defensive team in the regular season, but then all of a sudden they ratcheted it up in the playoffs and you go, Oh my gosh, this team can beat anybody at this point. And so 
I think that's what we're going to see this in the same vein as well, is that once they turn it on, once they put in that effort, uh, it just looks like a different team. Nick, I totally get it. it's been a small sample size with Gafford and Washington, and maybe the answer to this would be it's matchup dependent. But for you, what do you think the ideal closing five lineup will be against some of these top teams that they're going to be playing here coming out of the All-Star break? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, you couched it enough for me that I have to, I have to come up with five names, right? I can't just, I can't just uh, say it depends on matchups or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think I think Luca Kyrie is obviously they're going to be there. I think PJ Washington is definitely in there too. And then I think you then I think you they kind of can play like the hot hand after that, right? Is is Josh Green playing well that night? Is Derek Jones Jr. you know good matchup because of his his shooting? I think Maxi Kleba is more likely than not the five man in that closing lineup okay. because of the spacing that he brings, because of the switchability. Like I think if I had to guess who's going to close a lineup, it wouldn't be Gafford or Lively. I think it would be Maxi. What do you think of the P.J. Washington fit you alluded to earlier? Do you think that'll get sorted out and be smooth, or is it going to be a, a rough, rougher ride? It depends on what you look at. Defensively, it's been smooth like so far. I mean, he's looked really good. I think that he's added a lot. Offensively, he's going to be like Sean Marion from 2011, right? Sean Marion would, would have some games. You know, he, had like, he had like 20 games or so, or so in 2011 where he had zero to nine points. And then he had like 40 games where he had like 10 to 19 points. And then he had a couple games where he had 20 points. You know, it, it, he's just going to bounce back and forth. He was inconsistent with the, with the Hornets as well, trying to find his spot in this lineup. But he can attack off the dribble. We've seen that already. The Mavs, you know, he'll be able to take advantage of that as long as Luka or Kyrie are getting doubled. And so as long as he can take advantage of that, finish around the rim too. He had a couple of alley-oops already, which is like a big difference between him and Grant Williams is his ability to dunk like at all, really. And so – You've got that. And so I think he's fit pretty well. The shooting has not come around yet. And that's something that he has been kind of shaky in the past, but he's been really streaky there. You know, he had a game where he scored 43 this season. He hit seven threes in that game. Like he's capable of doing it. It just maybe won't be as consistent as we would hope. Nick, you mentioned Grant Williams. If, if we did an anonymous poll in the Mavs organization, who do you think would come back as being more annoying Grant Williams or Christian Wood? (laughs) I don't know that like players didn't like Christian Wood as much. I just think that he, he just, he didn't follow through like on the court as much and did, you know, was not great defensively and got lost. And like, I don't think he rubbed players necessarily the wrong way uh, necessarily. Maybe they blame him for some of the, the failures of the team, but I think it would be I think it would be Grant Williams, maybe because of a recency bias thing. You uh, kind of blew up uh, Mavs Twitter yesterday, certainly with the Mavs ticket holders finding out uh, about maybe a little price increase. Well, what can you share with us about that for those that didn't see and what was the reaction and response? 
Yeah, I like to, to gauge where, like, when I see a story like that, so it was the number one, it was one of the number one trending things on NBA Reddit yesterday was all of a sudden this, this person posted, all of a sudden my Mavs season tickets are 50% higher than they were the season before. And I was like, that's, that's pretty high. And there was no notice or anything. And so I just posted it on, you know, on Twitter, which I still call it Twitter. And I wanted to just see, does anyone else have this same thing? And I got hundreds of responses. I got tons, I got dozens of DMs too from people on Instagram and on Twitter at Nick Van Exet on all of those. And I, I found like that this is true. Like they're all these are increasing. It's almost like they're getting like a championship tax, you know, when like a team with a championship and all of a sudden the tickets are way higher the next year uh, from everyone that I heard from, I heard from their, their season tickets or mini ticket plans or anything like that are raising from eight to 50%. Uh, some of this is like, it's like thousands of dollars. Some of these that are getting raised. And this is, and, you know, D Magazine wrote a story on it. Mike Pellucci reached out to the Mavs, and they basically told him, like, yeah, we're keeping it within league average and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know about that. Mm. And so this is kind of what happens with new owners, right? New owners come in, and as much as fans were kind of excited that Mark Cuban was not going to be meddling in the, what the Mavs do anymore, you know, that Brunson story is going around again yeah. today. But as much as they're excited about that, Mark Cuban cared an awful lot about the Mavericks and about the fans and about all that and about normal people. I don't know that this new family or these new owners are, de- are necessarily in that same boat with him. And so this is part of part of that. Were you frustrated to hear the uh, Brunson story as it circulated? Did that bring back bad memories? Are you kind of okay with how this all played out? I'm frustrated that we have to keep doing this. How many times do we have to go over the same things over and over again? The Mavs messed it up. They messed it up three different times. They messed it up on his rookie contract. Now it's Donnie Nelson where they didn't give him restricted free agency at the end of it. He was just going to be an unrestricted free agent because they wanted to do different amount of years on the rookie scale contract because he was a second round pick. If Brunson was like a pick five picks earlier, this wouldn't even be a problem because he'd be an automatic restricted free agent. It's very weird. Then you have the season where he starts, you know, ascending where he starts to become a crucial piece, which was the season after he got benched in the playoffs. So they didn't really know what to do with him or how to pay him. He, they were, they, you know, apparently they had that contract, the four for 55 that's going around and, you know, there's, there's things back and forth where the Mavs either offered that or he didn't take it or Rick Brunson says that he would have and all that. But we don't really know what Brunson was going to be at that point. But the Mavs, if he was going to take that, the Mavs should have offered him that then, right when it was. But then they tried to trade him to try and, you know, fix that and all that. And then there was not giving him as much money as possible that summer when he walked. If they just had given him the full max, which, you know, myself and Isaac Harris on Lockdown Mavs, we were all for at the time, just given the max, you can't lose this guy. And so that's what they messed. They messed up three different times on it. And that's, that's two different front offices. That's, you know, Cuban all throughout, you know, it's, it's just, it's a failure on so many different levels. It's the Steve Nash thing all over again, except for maybe Brunson's probably not going to win two MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. But he is damn good. And, and that is massively disappointing. Okay. Final thought here. It kind of goes back to the owners and hopefully with their high, high ticket prices, they can justify going into the luxury tax, but w- what's the Mavs opportunities to improve coming up this summer? Do they have the mid-level? How many picks can they trade and how much better could they theoretically be uh, for the next season after a, hopefully a deep playoff run? Yeah. So I'm going to push back on the notion that they can just spend. It's a different NBA right now because of the new CBA. It's not just whoever can spend the most, gets the most, or has the most players or anything like that. If you get put into the luxury tax and then what they call the first apron and then the second apron, those all of a sudden you have restrictions. These teams in the first apron or the second apron this season, like the Heat and the, the Suns and the uh, Bucks and teams like in the Warriors, Clippers, teams like that, 
they couldn't sign buyout players like Spencer Dinwiddie because he was making too much money. Like you're restricted from doing certain things. These teams that are in the second apron for two years in a row, all of a sudden get draft picks frozen. So you can't trade them. You can't really use them. It's, it's just, it really holds you back. They really want to try to level the playing field in that regard. And so hmm. as much as we also love the idea of these new owners coming in with all the money in the world and all that, uh, it's not as big of an advantage as it has been, you know, for, for what the Warriors have done. Okay. But what the Mavs have this, this summer is they're going to have two first round picks. They'll be able to trade. they will be, you know, future first round picks. They, you know, could do pick swaps with them too, if they wanted to, but then they also have, uh, four second round picks that they'll be able to move as well. You'll have the expiring contract of Tim Hardaway Jr. will be about what seven, 17, 18 million. Maxi's deal will only be two more years. Like you'll have some things that you can move around and some things you can do this summer. So I think they'll definitely make another move because they got to keep taking steps forward. I love it, Nick. Thank you so much. That's a terrific report. We look forward to chatting Mavs with you sometime again in the future, sir. Anytime, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.